You're listening to the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast for June 27th, 2016. This is the podcast for all the educators, engineers, entrepreneurs, and parents out there who are interested in getting kids into engineering at younger ages. I'm Pius Wong, and today I'm talking with Southern Satya Silan again. We're both engineers who train high school teachers in engineering curricula, and we're talking about what we've learned as non-teachers to successfully train teachers. How do you see the teachers? Because the way I see them is like, okay, I'm teaching them. I know better. I know I know more than them. It's not it's not better. Sorry, I know more <laughs> than them, and I'm going to develop this, this specific unit. So they need to follow it the way I present it to them. If they deviate from it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little more harder on them. So how do you how do you deal with something like that? That's, so that's interesting. You it sounds like you view them in a way like they were the high school students. Interesting. I, I think mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I I try to view them as uh, teachers, adults who probably know a lot in their specific field because mm-hmm. we are teaching a lot of people who may not have ever done any engineering. They may have taught a lot of math. They may have taught technology classes or they may have taught biology but never touched these engineering classes. And so I try to uh, view them as colleagues almost, almost, because... Like I said, I used to work in industry and I had to train a lot of other people That's who had their own okay. specialized knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't go to a colleague in the orthopedics industry, for example, and if they didn't know how to use some CAD package, you wouldn't tell them, okay, do this, do this, and then you give them an A through it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how you would do it in a company, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And so it was very natural for me to just view this group of 20 teachers as experts in whatever they know and um, trying to treat them with that. Okay, that's that's very interesting. So what would your uh, definition of uh, teaching versus training would be? Whenever you say teaching or when people say teaching to me, I always think of teachers officially, those licensed professionals who teach in our high schools and our Mm -hmm. middle schools and everything. Mm -hmm. That's specifically what I envision. And I know that doesn't have to mean that, but that's what I envision. And uh, as a trainer, I easily will call myself a trainer, but not necessarily a teacher just because mm-hmm. I don't have that license and I've never done that. Whereas training, I mean, anyone who trains someone else in something is a trainer. I, anyone who unofficially teaches some someone something is, is a trainer to me. That's how okay. I view it. And of course, that's not the only definition. Because when, when, you, were, uh, when you were talking about uh, how you view the teachers... Um, I, I feel like teachers teaching is about more about uh, I am literally looking down on you in a sense in a sense that uh, I know I know more so you gotta follow what I'm saying that's teaching versus training like oh we are both equals kind of and uh, sort of yeah yeah so it, I think it's like a it's a different style of communication is that a cultural thing when like you say you're from India is that how Engineers or teachers are okay, taught in that, India. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, <laughs> is that true? No, I, I, I don't even know. I'm yes, that's very, 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 very true. Huh. So um, in India, teachers are always looked up as if if they know what they're saying, what they're doing. Yes, and they have a certain amount of I would even call it control over the students, where the students need to listen to the teacher, and it goes beyond just the subject. Uh, 
the field of what they're teaching. It can also be about discipline. So they can teach you discipline. They can yeah. do that. See, what's yeah. interesting is that I, I totally agree that teachers should be an authority. And for that reason, I would say that I am not. Cause okay. I don't want to be disciplining, uh, a 30 year old adult. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. part of the thing. Like oh, yeah, if they want to do something on their computer, mm-hmm. I will trust that because I know the situation. If I go to a training myself, I very often will be like, I don't want to listen to this and I'm going to start doing something else. As long as I'm not disrupting the group, for me, I feel like that would be justified. And okay, so that's, a, that's, so a that's very, very, very Western insight. No, oh, it's okay. insight that I'm looking at because <laughs> I, um, you, don't discipline them. <laughs> Just like, it depends. It, the answer always is it depends. It, obviously, mm-hmm. it depends on the context. Yeah, but not like not like disciplining a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't send uh, a teacher to what office do we have? There's no principal who's going to yell at them. Like they're coming here, uh, like ostensibly of their own volition, or their principal made them do it, and they're somewhat interested in learning the engineering content. I will trust that. Because I know that if I were in the same situation, I would have empathy for it. Like, if, if, if I didn't like what was going on, I would get it. I, I totally get why I would be wanting to. But that's the same with the kids, too. <laughs> this is true. No, exactly. Yeah. So I, I do wonder uh, if this is like a cultural thing or just a personal style. No. I was the type of kid, I totally slept in class in college in those huge lecture hall classes that were useless. That's yeah. why. Now, <laughs> Personally, yes, I did, but I, I did well in those classes well, because I, yeah, I learned. Same, yeah. Same, yeah, right, right. So <laughs> that's the thing. I know that people can still do well. I know some of these teachers coming in can still be excellent teachers and teach their kids all sorts of engineering and inspire them without them necessarily doing exactly what is laid out in front of them in our training sessions. Okay, that's okay. So uh, you have you you have trained uh, specifically high school teachers. Um, you've trained them. Uh, engineering for three years, I believe, right? Four, yeah, four, three four, or four years. years. So this is like coming from a lot of experience. Uh, so would you say that this topic being teaching teachers engineering, are we training teachers engineering? Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's training teachers oh, engineering. Okay, so, uh, yeah. so the next question would be, so if we, you are training them, what do you expect them to do with the kids? I expect them to use whatever teaching knowledge they already have okay. from their education okay. to teach them the content that I deliver. My job is just to make sure that they know the science, the math, the engineering, the technology, and they learn all the ins and outs of it as much as we can, as much as they can do in the limited time that we have with them. And then they can go back and, and look back upon their own pedagogical knowledge and experience and, and present it to their kids however they want. Now, we have a lot of recommendations. I mean, it depends on what curriculum you're teaching. Our curriculum happens to be, happens to be very problem-based and project-based and team-oriented, so we will definitely recommend that you, you teach in that style. But as for the minute details, I'm not a fan of micromanagement, especially if I'm, if I'm talking about what a teacher is going to do in a state away across the country. There's no way I'm going to tell them you have to say this and this and this. I will tell them, the kids have to know how to code this. They have to know how to do similar triangles here. Like, that's the type of stuff that I am confident saying. What's also interesting is that, um, like you, I taught undergrads as well. And, and I've trained in a bunch of other things. But at least 
when I was teaching undergrads, that's the closest experience I've ever had to being in a real classroom. And I can draw on that. And even from that, that minor experience relative to what teachers do, I have learned how tough a teacher, how tough a job being a teacher can be. And I didn't even, I wasn't even a real teacher, you know, I didn't have to grade homework. I didn't have to, I was teaching kids who mostly wanted to be there. Yeah. And then I've also, fortunately, visited lots and lots of high school classrooms. And I think you've seen a few. Uh, but when you visit a high school classroom, middle school classroom, you see the ridiculousness that it is sometimes. Chaos. And there's no efficiency at all in mm. micromanaging or dictating exactly what a teacher mm. must say because that totally breaks what's mm. going on mm. in the classroom. Mm. A teacher has to be a great improv artist in a way. And, and maybe that's a good topic for a future podcast but they have to be able to go with what's happening at, at the moment you have 40 different people in the room in some cases 10 to 10 to 30 kids something like that and all with their own different ideas i think telling a teacher what to do all the time is a recipe for disaster yeah that okay so um i'm glad you touched upon the um uh, teaching uh teaing in your undergrad you or in your master's degree you TA'd. Yeah. Uh, or TA is teaching assistance. Yeah, yeah TA the uh, electronics class. What, what was the class, class you taught? So mechatronics was one of them for a year, and then I also taught differential equations for a while. Okay. Very different from what high school. Okay. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And and you did a design class. I did. I did the mechatronics as well. Oh, you did yeah. mechatronics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and mechatronics yes. for those who don't know. <laughs> yes. It's mixing a little bit of mechanical engineering with electronics, yeah. and yeah. a lot of people. Treated as like diffusing a bomb in one yes, hour yes. because all the labs have to be done in a limited okay, so time. I, I see where you're, where yeah. you're, uh, yes, that's a very different experience for myself as well. Okay. Uh, in terms of my own, uh, teaching training experience, that was very, very different from what I'm used to because they do most of the work. It's not like you're standing there and teaching anything. They have a pre, uh, they have pre tests where they go learn stuff there that's required for the specific lab. Uh, they come in, and then you just guide them. You don't really teach them anything. That's that's yeah. awesome, actually, yeah. because I would say, and I think a lot of people, a lot of professional engineers would say that that is more engineering. It's much mm. closer to real engineering mm. where you just do stuff. You're the one thinking. You're the one doing the math. You're the one building the circuit. You're the one dealing yeah. with it yeah. when yeah. the LED explodes because yeah. that happens. Yeah. And the TA is there to make sure you don't hurt you don't, yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's and, all I felt too. And you don't waste time. And you're also encouraging yeah. a lot of people. You're not necessarily giving them the answer, but you're, like you said, you're guiding them there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that experience that we've had, that's supremely useful. And that's the experience that I think teachers should have. When teachers go out to teach engineering specifically, especially at the high school level, um, those high school kids should be guided more. It's in between middle school and college. They they should have that experience of being able to fail and having a little bit of pressure. It's like yeah. I, I find like this is literally breaking their mode of comfort zone. Kind it's, of yeah, it's breaking yeah. the comfort zone. Especially compared to the traditional model of teaching where you're just lecturing and sitting up at the front of the class. But I don't think engineering works like that, honestly. So th- that makes me wonder. So um we did talk about how uh, from your perspective, you want to teach that or train the teachers, um, uh, relating to them as colleagues. You want to train them that way. But then when it comes to them teaching the students, they adapt their own style, their own mode of operation. Now the question is, uh, engineering is highly specific in terms of how it, can, how, how it should be taught, uh, in the sense that it, it's more open, it's more discovery based. 
and how we were doing the teaching, we just guide the students. So would you say that uh, instead of the teachers uh, just going there and teaching engineering just like physics or math that they do otherwise, um, is it? Do you think it's it's a, it's okay for them to do the same with engineering, or should is it necessary for the teachers to also change the way they teach that to what engineering is, and and show the students, okay, this is what engineering is. It's mostly you know you you have, they have to feel like they are engineers. That's the end goal, right? I think the short answer is yes. They do. I think that a lot of teachers already, who are, who are math teachers and physics teachers and science teachers and non-science teachers, a lot of these teachers might already have skills in guiding students rather than just feeding them mm, answers. Okay. But for those who don't, mm. those teachers who are only used to lecturing at the front of the class, so to speak, then yes, they would probably have to change their style. Because personally, and I don't know any studies behind this, but personally, I learned the most... Most definitely when I was doing the work, when I was doing the homework, when I was thinking. And I learned very little when I was just sitting there listening. And that could just be me. Um, I mean, you pick up a little bit, but mm. it doesn't stay. You have to be involved. Active. Active, yeah. And just like, and math is the clearest example for me. I never learned anything when people were just mm. deriving things on the board. I had to do it. Yeah. It's like solving a puzzle. If you, if you watch someone, uh, solve like a Rubik's cube. I mean, I guess if you do it real closely and intently, you can copy them. But like sometimes you just gotta do the Rubik's cube yourself. Yeah. That's how you're gonna learn how to do it. So it is like uh, it's literally describing engineering. Engineering is hands-on. Like how else do you learn it? Yeah, and so it's one of those funny things. Um, I have a friend who's a surgeon, and that is also learning hands-on. It's not design, mm, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where, yes, you prepare as much as you can because you don't want to do something wrong, but uh, eventually you have to do it. And so you have someone guiding there, guide, guiding you as you're cutting someone open, and that's, in a way, what I think this engineering teacher is doing. Fortunately, no one is going to get hurt in an engineering class as long as the teacher knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, way less risk than a surgery. So that that um, uh, makes me want to ask you this question. Uh, you bring, you brought up the idea of safety, um, engineering classrooms. So when you are training the teachers, and you know you develop those projects, um, you know what are the safety concerns and how to avoid them um, more than them. And and it literally is not possible to tell them or teach them every single one of those things. How do you manage to do that? How, what do you what do you tell? How do you set that up? Well, when you talk about physical safety, I think for at least most of the stuff that we teach, there aren't a lot of physical risks. Mm. Most of the risks fall in broad categories of don't stab yourself, don't burn yourself, <laughs> put away the stuff, you know, basic things that hopefully kids have learned even in middle school, you know, don't run with scissors. Uh, if ever we... so So the biggest risk that I've ever had in in a training situation or a classroom situation was either in mechatronics or actually at at work. So I used to work in a research lab where you easily could get injured if you put your body in the wrong place and you might get crushed by a hydraulic testing machine or uh, or you accidentally uh, touch a a cadaver and then you you touch your (laughs) face or something. Like there's lots of bad things that could happen. And that was easily more dangerous. Mm. And before you ever get to the industry level of safety hazards, mm. you get to the classroom level of safety hazards. And uh, 
I think that the curriculum should be designed in the very first place where there aren't a lot of safety hazards. Mm. And um, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. I talked to them about the broad concerns, and uh, I think that makes the most sense. Now you've taught mechatronics as well. There was always a little bit of risk of things yes, exploding yes, and burning yes, yeah. and heating up. And yeah, but it's funny. I think you had two or three people in a classroom at a time. That's how it was for me. Oh, TAs, you mean? Yes, TAs. yes. Yeah, had two TAs at a time. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, most school teachers don't have that luxury. Yeah, like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so again, it just goes back to the point of of how hard their jobs are. Okay. So uh, I have one last question for you. Um, okay. With your four years of training experience. Sure, and then um, I'll have a question for you. Well. Okay, all right, awesome, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can take back the host. No, no, for sure. All right, so um, you are our host today. Oh, awesome. So, um, what, what if there's one? So, I, I, we know for a fact that I know for a fact that there's we need more trainers like you. Uh, if you want to spread engineering to more high schools, we need more trainers, and the best people to do that is teachers themselves. They need to learn to train. Mm-hmm. So, if there's one piece of uh, advice or suggestion that you have for them. What would that be when it comes specifically to the teachers training other, other teachers, teachers to teach engineering? I would have to answer that question from the perspective of just an engineer. I can't okay. tell these teachers how to teach per se. Okay. I would say that if it was just one thing, I would say to them, find the things that make your kids extremely passionate mm. about engineering. There are things that I could not get my get out of my head. Just like you when probably when you were a kid. There were things I couldn't get out mm-hmm. of my head when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Wanting to uh decode what was inside your brain or make a video game or build a robot, those things. And that was the stuff that was like a fire in me. And if if teachers can use their skills to find what engineering topic will inspire kids. That's like the number one thing, because if the kids are inspired, then they'll go off and do their own work. They'll learn their math and they'll learn how to use this computer software. Even though coding sometimes sucks, they'll learn it because they love creating a robot so much. For yeah, example. yeah, yeah. They go through that. Yeah, whatever it is. And some people hate building robots. Yeah. Maybe they like uh, something else, chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's, it's classroom friendly. It, it, classroom it's a playground. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finding the passion. And that's part of the art of teaching. And that, <laughs> Awkward engineer that I may be, I don't know how good I could be at that, but I, I do trust the teachers who I've met to do that. Awesome. So I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, something that I thought of uh, earlier was um, you have still trained a lot of teachers. You've designed some curriculum, curricula, in fact. You've taught practicing teachers. You've taught undergraduates. And I'm just wondering... What pitfalls have you encountered or what challenges have you encountered in uh, designing curriculum or training these teachers uh, that that you think you've overcome? That mm. would basically be good to any other professional out there designing curriculum for teachers who may not have any educational experience because mm. there's a lot of them yeah, out there. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when it comes to curriculum design, the feedback I have is you need to know where to draw the line. That, that's, what do you mean? Yeah, that's the like, the framework is very important. Like the the boundaries, defining everything, defining okay. it. So you cannot uh, dumb it down so much. The content itself, you cannot dumb it down so much where it's 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 even ridiculous to teach at that point. 
or make it complex to a point where that they don't know what they're doing. So get, getting that right is very important. Um, getting that's your audience. For me, it's uh, high school students, and I need to know what their level of understanding is in math, physics, chemistry, and I need to make sure that the product, the product, the project I'm, de- I'm developing reaches them, and there is also an opportunity for them to think and learn and grow from there. So getting that boundary is is very important. So that will be on the curriculum development. Okay. In terms of uh, training the teachers, um, I think it's more about what you shared that I had to learn the hard way is uh, you cannot discipline them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is an advice for other teachers who wants to be trainers as well. Uh, or non-teachers, actually. There are a lot of engineers trying to teach to teachers. Teach, okay, so, so yeah. for all of the uh, people that want to do that, never try to uh, discipline the teachers because uh, they are probably better teachers than you are. And they can do it, do a much better job of delivering this content to the te- to the kids than what you're doing with them. So the best possible way to do this is what Pius was, uh, what you were describing. I, I hope, I hope. No, that's I've, I've seen it work. I've seen it live. Uh, you know, you doing that uh, is uh, treat them as colleagues. Um, all you're doing them is doing is guiding them. And if they have more questions, you can sit and talk in detail with them, but guide them. And that's the best thing that uh, but I've learned the hard way and which I hope to implement in the future. Well, thank you, Sylvan. Thank you, Pius. It's an interesting conversation yes. and uh, there's a lot more to talk about, I'm sure. Yes. All right. Until I- next time. As always, know that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and they are not necessarily the opinions of any schools, universities, or other organizations with which we might be connected. Our opening music comes from School Zone by The Honorable Sleeves, and our closing music is from Late for School by Bleeptor. Both are used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Let me know what you want to talk about in K-12 Engineering Education by connecting on Twitter, at Pius Wong. Thanks for listening.